Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury, with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Welcome back to Making Headway Podcast. I'm Aaron, And this is Mariah. And today we are both here to restart our second season. Um, very excited to be here. We have a few changes that are coming up, which we'll talk about. But um, I think we should first kind of talk about where we've been. Um, you know, the last time we recorded, it was hot and sticky. And I think I remember having to turn my AC off because it was too loud. And it made when me super sweaty. When was our sweaty. last recording session? That's when I was super sweaty. <laughs> so we live in New Hampshire. You only get super sweaty, what, in June and July, maybe? In August? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere back there. Unless so, in July. Maybe. Yeah, maybe June. I think. It was a long time mm-hmm. ago. It's um, yeah. when are we recording? It's December right now. Long enough so, that two brain injury survivors can't remember. Exactly. Which could be just yesterday. Who would know? It's <laughs> true. But, you know, at least for me, I, I'm very grateful that we took a break. I don't think we started the show thinking that we would have seasons. We were kind of all gung-ho, like, we can do this forever and always, and then quick, quickly realized that you know, having a podcast, it's fun and we love it, but it's also hard work. Um, I was feeling a little burnt out. I don't know about you, Mariah. But, no, yeah. we both were. And honestly, for all of our talk about self-care, I think we didn't consider the mm-hmm. amount of work that goes into a podcast. But also when we started this podcast, there was nothing going on in the world. Like True. nothing. Right. COVID <laughs> so was we new. Had a lot more <laughs> We had a lot more time um, on our hands to to organize it and do the Very details. True. Um, so, yeah. And I know when we started, I wasn't working full-time yet. Um, I think I started working full-time towards the beginning of it, but I still had like some weekdays that I could go. And then I started working every day. Mariah was always working every day, so I have no idea how you ever felt like you had the time. Um, we were <laughs> well, squishing it in on weekends. Or- Things were quieter than true. Things were quieter than at work too. I mean, like we I've never really talked that much about my business on this podcast, but for listeners, I own a marketing agency. It's called Stoutheart, stoutheart.com. Shameless plug. Check us out if you know anyone who needs yes, our website. It's a wonderful wonderful business, but you mm-hmm. know, during lockdown, our business plummeted like so many and so mm-hmm. You know, it came back very quickly, but it was a just a very quiet time. Things kind of plateaued. So, but when they mm. came back, they came back. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, I feel like you've been super busy, and I don't see you as much as I used to because yeah, you're busy. Been slammed, yeah. Which I mm. like as a terrible thing to complain about. As you I know. know, like I don't. <laughs> I, yeah. Especially where business is concerned, you know, like it. It is the lifeblood of my family. It's a huge, like, it's it's a six-year-old mm-hmm. business at this point. It's been blood, sweat, and tears, lots of tears. Um, <laughs> but also, I love it, and I can't imagine doing anything else at this point. So it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good that it's booming. It's just a lot. <laughs> it is. And, you know, for, I guess I have the quote-unquote easier life because I don't have the kids. I have a dog. I have a husband. I don't own my own business. I show up, I get a paycheck, I go home. Mariah has to show up, make the paycheck, come home, work even more. <laughs> like, I just, I'm surprised you were ever able to have the time to do it. But I was so grateful that you are because I think we've made a really great thing out of this. 
Yeah. And I think we both would agree that it's been incredibly gratifying. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, we've said it before on this podcast, but like all of the positive feedback from you listeners has been the thing that's kept us going really. Um, so yeah, absolutely. If you or someone you know is struggling to recover after brain injury like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover. And I know, you know, at one point this summer, um, Mariah and I, this is going to sound so posh, but we go on vacation together every summer um, at, at a summer place. We were, we were yes. summering. Yes, we were summering at our place in the mountains. And while we were doing that, we actually considered not having the podcast anymore. Um, I think we were both just that burnt out. And like I remember we both, I think, at least for me, I can't speak for you, but when you said like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do it. And I was kind of about ready to say the same thing. It was like a sigh of relief almost because I think mm-hmm. I was feeling so much of going to work, working full time, trying to recover from a brain injury, spending every Sunday interviewing and doing show notes. And it was a lot. Um, yeah. So well, I kind I of felt relief. Just, yeah, I think that just speaks to like the burnout for us and mm-hmm. the need for seasons and the need for pacing a little bit better. So, yeah, it gave us an opportunity to really practice what we preach. Um, So we've been resting, let's say, go ahead. I'm not going to lie. I think as New Englanders, having to do extra work in the summer, like we, you know, we work so hard during winter to keep our spirits up, just looking forward to the beautiful summer months and then they get here and then you tell me I have to do more work. Like, no, I just want a break. (laughs) Absolutely. Like I am not going to stay inside. Sorry. And you can't do a podcast outside because there's too much background noise. (laughs) So, I mean, for my time off, um, I'd like to say I practiced exactly what I preached and spent the whole time resting and going to spas and lazing about, but, um, that was not the case at all. Um, so for me, like I've been continuing, I was continuing to work full time. Um, I actually had to go back out on disability in the beginning of October um, because little known secret, something that Joe Borges has taught me about, um, strokes kind of have like a second wind in them. Um, at least with hemorrhagic, you get to like the one and a half, two year point. And um, how his therapist explained it to him was, that that's when your body's all done reabsorbing all that extra blood and some of your brain's trying to come back on board. Um, kind of like if you think of a computer, you know, some of those circuits are trying to start firing again, but you've dropped your computer on the ground or your phone on the ground and the screen's all cracked. You can still use it, but it doesn't really work the way it should and you might cut your finger. So that's kind of what happened with my brain and I've had to take more time off to stroke rehab Um, hopefully this time's the last time, but we'll see. I'll never say never anymore. Um, how about you, Mariah? What have you done with your last few months off? Um, I don't know. It's been a funny time for me just in terms of like recentering, I guess. I mean, because work has just been so, so busy. I mean, anyone who's a business owner understands like 
it's like having a child and I have two children who are way cuter than my business, but I don't it know, always needs... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's um, the cutest kids ever. <laughs> I, you know, like it, it always needs something from you. There's never mm. a point where like, it's not asking you for something, um, True. love it or hate it. So I guess for me, it's been a lesson in, um, getting used to that busy period again, and also trying to balance work and life, which I've never been great about. And I mean, I think I've said a billion times on this podcast that I'm like a classic overachiever. My default is to put too much on my plate and then like build that up until I basically explode and melt down and then take everything off my plate. And then Mm -hmm. I do it all again after I forget. All or nothing (laughs) thinking. We've talked about this before. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, in terms of brain injury stuff, I feel like that's been another interesting evolution for me is like my three year anniversary was in November mm. and, um, I don't really, I mean, like I don't really have symptoms anymore, not super notable ones. I will always have, you know, those moments where I'm forgetting something and I'm standing in my kitchen and I can't remember what I went there for. And part of me thinks that's normal. And part of me thinks it could be brain injury and I will never know the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll always second guess, but those times are really few and far between. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've also talked a little bit about, you know, this podcast and being in your brain injury or having moved Mm -hmm. beyond your brain injury. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me having the freedom from the podcast, like during our hiatus was a positive thing for me in terms of letting go of some of my identification as a brain injury survivor. I will always be a brain injury survivor. Like you can't go through something like that and not keep it with you always. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But also like it's, it's sort of like a piece of baggage that you always keep with you. It's like your fanny Mm -hmm. pack, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's strapped to you. Um, Have you always kept your fanny pack with you? Please tell me you have. No, I actually have never Uh. owned a fanny pack. What? Um, I know your parents, but no fanny. I know I had a fluorescent Um, pink one and it was water resistant. (laughs) (laughs) I remember because I wore it to I wore it to um, Funtown USA in Saco, Maine, and I was all excited. I could wear it on all the rides. (laughs) Sounds glamorous. (laughs) It was. It was. Um, But I guess I feel like, you know, like you never fully let that go but I've let it go I think as much as I can at this point like I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for the experience I I, we've talked about like how we both feel that it's made us better people um but we've also talked about like what's the difference between living in a brain injury and letting your brain injury own you versus moving beyond and part of me like I also had a like a short period of time where I was like I feel like I'm letting the brain injury community down if I don't identify as a brain injury survivor in my daily life. But the other part of me hopes that I give hope to other brain injury survivors and like the right. reminder that you can move past it and you don't have to live in it every day necessarily. I know that's not true for everybody and I'm I've been really lucky but but I think despite all the bad stuff, it is important to remember that it is attainable <laughs> and it does mm-hmm. happen for some people. And I'm living proof of that. And so like for me, it was a nice hiatus. And then I put too much on my plate again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Aaron knows this whole story, but I, um, 
ended up having to have like emergency gallbladder surgery to have my gallbladder yeah. removed. This is this so, is actually something that we should talk about because it is. I have taken for granted the fact that I got hit by a card, at, a card, <laughs> a car, a, a card. Someone was flinging I, those playing cards across the street. I, and they I really wish that had been it. <laughs> um, if you got I a brain injury for that, that would lead a whole <laughs> to a whole lot more questions. <laughs> I'm a sensitive flower. I guess um, so. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like you, you feel like the universe should give you a hall pass after you've survived something traumatic, right? Like hit mm-hmm. by a car, acute traumatic brain injury, made it through, and then suddenly incredible pain and emergency gallbladder surgery. And I have to say. Yeah that was worse pain than what I felt after getting hit by a car. Well, not you were more fully cognizant the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was not put in a coma. <laughs> right? um, but that whole thing was just an excellent reminder of the fact that I need to be taking care of myself and I need to be taking care of my family. And I've sort of a, adjusted priorities again and I think they'll probably slowly shift and then I'll have to adjust them again and then they'll shift and I'll have to adjust them again but my my take on that situation which was only a month ago mm-hmm. um it actually crossed your plans for your three-year I know actually <laughs> actually this is a good update <laughs> Yes, so it is. If you've if you've been a listener, she was supposed to get a tattoo. Everyone, I was, she was, I was supposed, supposed to get, to get a tattoo. my tattoo. Yeah, uh, and look what she did instead. Tattoo. She's so scared yeah. of her parents. She ended instead. up getting a gallbladder attack. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, at this point, you know, like I, I had to cancel the trip because I was still recovering from surgery. But we're rescheduled for our tattoo appointments. I'm going in January, so it's happening. But it mm-hmm. was just like a. Maybe it was a poke from the universe saying like, hey, remember all this stuff you talked about? You need to take it seriously and take better care of yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I've said no to a lot of things since then. Um, and it's really hard for me to say no to things. I really I know. like it's I like Well, we had the point. So we had the point of saying no to the podcast. And I think we mm-hmm. were both OK with that until we actually sat about it and we were like, wait a second. We can't just say no to the podcast. Like. I don't know. There's a piece of you that just wants to hang on to this great thing that we created. Yeah, um, I think like we. So both then we kind of had a hiatus. Yeah, yeah, and I think what sometime in September when we were supposed to be putting out new episodes, we knew we didn't have time to do it, but we're like, no, we're going to do the podcast. And mm-hmm. then life happened. I went out on short-term disability leave. Tons of symptoms. We'll talk about that in a bit. Then Mariah got sick. Um, so yeah, this is coming late for many reasons. Um, yes. And I forgot why I went on this bunny trail. It did match up to what you were saying, though. Um, oh, about the universe no changing plans, saying no to things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of leads into that of Ryan and I had to have a sit down. Um, it was a hard conversation, one that I think we were both wanting to avoid. One of those things you know you have to do, but you really don't want to do it. Like when you have to like fire your best friend. Not that that was what this was, but. It was a hard conversation to have, Um, and we finally did, and I'm really proud of how we did it, Um, and we decided that we got to do things a little differently this year, this season. So um, as much as you guys all love Mariah, you're going to be hearing a lot more of my voice and not hers. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I'm just too busy and, you know, 
recording the podcast on a weekend means hours away from my children and hours away from my own self-care, which I don't get enough of. And also, I mean, it also goes back to that whole, like, you know, when do you let go a little bit of your brain injury? And it's not that I'm saying I'm not a brain injury survivor. I always will be. And I also like still feel very torn about this, but I think it's just time for me to let go of it a bit. And, you know, if Aaron wants me back ever, I'm always here to chat. Um, Never. But it's time for me to. Once you're out, you're out forever. <laughs> it's time for me to <laughs> it's leave the, the mafia. Nest a time to bit. swim with the fishes. But yeah. I no. mean, I I think you know what if slash when you get to that point with your brain injury, I think it's an important mm-hmm. point. Honestly, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you get to the point where you don't have to think about it every day, then you should go be free. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with free. you. And I think you know it's nice to think of this because I think. It's very easy for all of us with recovering from anything, like a normal broken bone, you have a beginning and you have an end. Um, That's very clear, distinct, easy to see. Whereas with your brain, it's more of a spectrum, I feel like. Um, Mm Kind of like the gender spectrum, right? Like, is anyone truly male or anyone truly female? No, those gender stereotypes are mixed with all different types of gender. And I think it's the same kind of with brain injury, like, you you may be at your acute stage where you're very noticeably brain injured, but as you move on, you may get to a point where you still look brain injured or you don't. And no matter what point you're at, I think it's okay to still live your life and not sit in your trauma and re-traumatizing yourself every week mm-hmm. talking about all the bad things that happened because <laughs> that's yeah, not healthy exactly. either. Yeah, and I... I it's been an interesting phase for me too, like during the podcast hiatus, because I got to the point where I would go weeks without thinking about brain injury, which has never happened in three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really lovely luxury to have. And it's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> what does that feel um, like? Tell me. <laughs> I have no idea. Up there. I know. <laughs> but, but I will say I like, I don't think I can ever just like peace out on this community. Um, you know, like, like I said, if, if Aaron ever wants me back, I will be here to talk and, um, I'm going to keep my Instagram. So if anybody ever wants to reach out, if you want to chat about stuff you've heard about on old podcast episodes or new, cause I will always be a listener, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. But also I'm not sure if we've ever talked about Kremple Center, um, on this not podcast, but there is a lot, there is a brain injury, um, it's a program, basically. It's a support program for survivors and caregivers local to us. But during the pandemic, they've um, they've broadened their services. So a lot mm. more is online. And um, I would encourage listeners to check them out because it's just an amazing group of people. But my agency, my marketing agency, we do a lot of branding and websites. And we are actually going to be working with them um, in 2021 on branding and website work. And super exciting to be able to like take that brain injury experience and translate it to work. I'm like so excited about that. Actually, it's Mm. just, it feels, it's one of those things where it's like the first time I've ever felt like a brain injury gave me an advantage. Um, because there are too many people who work at agencies who like understand brain injury survivors. And we were, I was actually talking a little bit about it at some point with, with one of my coworkers. And I was saying like, 
you know, they, I can't remember what they said. It was something about like talking about like inspiring brain injury survivors to like build their new life. And I was like, whoa, whoa, on the new life, because that is a pretty divisive subject for brain injury survivors. Cause so many people are focused on getting their old life back. Um, right. and some people do want a new life. It's just like, we all have very different takes on it, but you can't just say like, building your new life after brain injury and expect that that's inspiring to the entire community because we all have different takes on that phrase. So anyway, so true. long story short, and you're going to alienate a lot of people by using that phrase. I totally get exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, like I'm not, I'm not turning my back on anything. I'm just kind of letting myself evolve with it. So exactly. And I think like we've kind of alluded to, that is what we preach. Um, you know, we're not sitting here being like, sorry, we're not sitting here being like, um, you must, you know, be this way or do this thing or, um, you know, we want people to be able to grow and to learn from this show and to take those lessons that they've learned and do something amazing in the world. Um, mm -hmm. So I applaud you. Thank you for helping yeah, in a different you. way. <laughs> yeah, they Thanks. totally yeah. need it. I mean... Like I said, like, I think, you know, I, it's bittersweet. I feel really sad about it in many ways, but, um, but I think it's the right thing for me. So. Yeah, I get it. I do. Um, I'm going to miss you. So that being said, we are going to continue with making headway podcast. Um, we actually have a great season coming up. I know I'm a little biased cause I've come up with the season, but, um, you know, we are, doing a new mini series on relationships coming up. Um, cause you know, relationships change a lot during brain injury. Um, some of us make it, some of us have to leave relationships behind. So we're going to talk about all sorts of things like that in February. Um, we have some great, uh, mental health practitioners, trauma therapists, uh, meditation, um, gurus, uh, just a whole bunch of really great people coming up. So I'm super excited. Um, most of our new show has evolved around our Instagram. Um, I know for myself, I've been very active on Instagram because selfishly it helps me. Um, I've really, really been struggling with my stroke lately and, um, I'm so fortunate that I'm a part of this club that no one wanted to be a part of. Um, cause I honestly don't know what I would have done without them. Um, you know, I've met, yeah, I was going to. I was going to ask Go you if you feel comfortable talking a little bit about like your recurrence of symptoms, because some people yeah. might, <laughs> might feel, um, like they can relate to that or might be wondering why they have, or they, they might be wondering why they feel like they have a recurrence and if they're alone in that. I mean, like I was surprised mm -hmm. when you were thrown for a loop by it. I was thrown by a loop by your being thrown for, by a loop, <laughs> thrown for I a loop. Totally I totally was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's been, it's been rough and I, you know, I am a master's degree prepared nurse and I had never heard that stroke can rear its ugly head back again. Um, it mm -hmm. really felt I had taken a mile step leap forward and then thrown two miles back. Um, so basically what happened is, um, I think you guys all know with my first round of stroke is what I call it when I had my acute stroke. Um, which, yes, it was a stroke, and my doctor's telling me that it was uh, just kind of a stroke, but not really. Really, I think, hurt me because I didn't get the the right services that I needed from the get-go. Um, so maybe everybody else knows this, and I just didn't because I didn't have stroke, but I doubt it. 
So anywho, um, when I first had my stroke, a lot of my issues were cognitive. Um, I had a lot of behavioral changes, um, more excitable, um, trouble regulating my emotions, um, just kind of like I had no filters. Um, everything just kind of spills out of my mouth. So I worked for four months um, at home, um, being off work full time to get myself back to a point where I could get back into work. I got back. Um, I was back. When did I go back? November 2020. I was finally full time and I was horribly depressed. Like when I listened to our first season of Making Headway, I'm so proud, but I'm also so sad for myself because I hear the depression in my voice. Like I remember how bad I felt and that um, just that sadness, like I can just hear it in my voice of how upset I really was. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know like when doctors evaluated me, they're like, oh, you're only moderately depressed on the depression scale. But to me, it really felt awful. Um, and being told I was only moderate and that it could be even worse than that and thinking that maybe it would become even worse than that was frankly quite terrifying. Um, I really thought that if it were to get any worse, like I didn't know if I would be able to make it through that. Um, I'd never wanted to kill myself, but it was very, it, it was very dark. Um, and I'm so glad that I had Mariah to kind of warn me like, hey, just so you know, it might not happen to you, but it happened to me, it gets dark. Um, mm -hmm. And I got through that. Um, by August of 2021, I was starting to feel more like myself, but then I started having those crazy upswings again. Um, so I had 10 months of depression and then all of a sudden it was like my body started feeling joy again and my brain didn't know what to do. It was like, wait, um, wait, 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 mm -hmm. you've, you've weaned me off of this joy. What am right? I supposed to do No more this? joy. <laughs> Only depression <laughs> runs the command center. If anyone's watched Inside Out. I this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched Inside Out? Have you seen that movie? I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen a movie in like two decades. <laughs> it's a kid's movie. Um, oh. <laughs> and it talks about like it, it takes place in the girl in the mind of this little girl who has to move from the country to San Francisco or a San Francisco like place. Um, <clears throat> and it goes, it basically treats the brain like there's a command center and your emotions have chances of being the controller of the commands. So when sadness is in charge, everything is, Oh, woe is me. And then when joy is in charge, everything's happy, go lucky. And then there's anger and there's disgust. And when your brain's functioning well, all four of them take their turns controlling and they're all at the at the driver's seat. But when things aren't going well, it's just one emotion controlling it. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at 
modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash making headway to learn more. Make sure to use special code making headway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30 day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash making headway to get started. That's M O T U S N O V A dot com slash making headway. So, you know, I had sadness controlling me for so long that I think my brain didn't know what to do once it had that energy that joy has. Um, and it just threw everything out of whack. So I started getting mouthy again. Um, I call it mouthy. I hope I would never actually offended anyone, but I'm sure I have. Um, you know, I lost that those filters a little bit. Like I knew I knew it was happening though. So I actually pulled myself out of work um, by the beginning of October when I thought I was having a new stroke because another great thing is um, I had a right-sided bleed and I never really felt the full spectrum of issues that my left side has. So if anyone remembers anatomy, if you have um, whatever side you have the bleed on, your effects are on the opposite side. So my right brain controls my left arm and my left leg and my sensation. So I started noticing how um, numb that side is. Like, it's really weird. Troy thought this was strange. We were at a doctor's appointment and they had, she took her finger and she'd poke me and ask if it was sharp or dull. And on my right side, I could tell perfectly fine. Um, The alternative to, um, so dull is the fingerprint, sharp is like a pin poke. So she'd do my right side and I could tell if it was the pin or the finger 100% of the time. Um, I was a hundred percent wrong on my left side. I could not tell the difference between the two. Hmm. Yeah. So for Troy, I think that was the first like truly visible thing he saw other than me just kind of being cuckoo. Um, and was like, holy crap, like something's really wrong. And, um, it started affecting my walking. Um, I limp on the left side when I'm tired. Um, I hold my whole left side differently. My mouth is held differently. Um, I thought I was having a stroke when I was on a call for work. Um, Before I went out of work, I was just working from home to have less stimulation. And I was on a call and I noticed I had trouble getting my words out. And the left side of my mouth was drooping on the screen and I was slurring. Um, And that that scared me. But fortunately, that call was only like 10 minutes long. I hung up and I immediately called my doctor and they're like, you have to go to the hospital. Um, so I didn't have another stroke. It turns out that I now have complex migraines. So whenever I get a migraine, I also get stroke symptoms. Plus whenever I'm tired, I have stroke symptoms. Plus all my cognitive stuff, um, came back on board. And, um, I'm very fortunate this time around to have an occupational therapist on my team. Um, and another, a different speech therapist, another great one. I liked my first one too. Um, And I get to go to them in person and they've explained so much about autonomic dysregulation, which pretty much means like your body, um, your brain controls your basic functions like breathing, heart rate, temperature control, electrolytes. 
And mine, because of where my stroke was, my body doesn't do that very well. So I'll have hot flashes when it's cold or I'll start shivering like horribly when I'm supposed to be falling asleep or my heart will start racing in the middle of the night. Um, just weird, weird stuff. Um, also, I have emotional dysregulation. So a lot of the times my tone of my voice doesn't match the words that I'm saying. And I think Troy probably sees this the most and I feel awful that he does because I might be very happy about something, but I sound angry. Um, and it's really, really hard for him to n not take it personally. Um, and it's hard for me to always have to be stopping and being like, nope, that's not what I mean. Nope, that's not what I mean. And it just <laughs> leads to a lot of communication issues. Um, so it, it's been an experience. It's been rough. I now have, what, 15 caregivers on my team now. Um, just trying to sort it all out. Um, you know, I've been on lots of different medicines. I've had very bad side effects of medicines. Um, two meds were making me manic. Uh, it's, it's just awful, 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 awful. But I have the right support. You. It has, it's, it has. It's been, um, I mean, not more difficult for me as a friend to watch. It's clearly been more difficult for you. But as a friend, it's been especially hard because it's like, one of those things where you don't know what you can do to help. And actually that might be a good thing to talk about is like to the friends of folks out there, mm -hmm. you know, what do you do to help? You know, what, you know, like, do you feel comfortable sharing the things that were most helpful to you? Is it just, you know, the yeah. making sure that you feel supported? Cause I think like my, <laughs> This sounds stupid, but my default is always like, someone's in trouble, I will cook you something. But that is not necessarily what's needed. Which is um, amazing because so. we just had potato leek soup that Mariah made and it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it was leftover night at our house and it was so good. <laughs> but, you know, like, you don't always need potato leek soup that it warms well. the belly, but not always the soul. So, like, you know, what what did you find from your support system that was helpful or not helpful during that time? Um, I think really providing that safe space is probably the most important thing you can do, um, especially when the person doesn't even know what they need, because literally it's like waking up with a new like what's going to happen today every day. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just having that safe space, because the, the flip side to all of this is when you have bad healthcare providers, which I have some really good ones and I have some really awful ones. Um, they will try to make this out to be something that's wrong with you, um, psychologically. Um, I've, they, they will try to make you feel crazy and say that you're making it up. And I know, and Troy knows, and everyone that really knows me knows I'm not making it up. Cause why would I do that? What gain do I get of this? Absolutely nothing. Um, so having a safe space that you can explain what, how you're feeling and what you need and be heard and respected regardless of my emotional state, I think is very helpful. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, cause it, like I said, I have trouble with my emotional regulation. So knowing that I can go to Mariah's house and be like, yeah, life really sucks right now. <laughs> and just being okay with that and not having to dissect it or fix it or do anything more with it than just be able to be like, life sucks. And it, I'm working on it. I'm in therapy, but it sucks. Like, I think yeah. that's probably the most helpful thing. 
and having family, friends, like everyone has their different set of skills that they know. You know, if you just listen to that deep voice inside of you that tells you the right thing to do, that's your special skill set, I would say. So use that mm -hmm. voice. Um, yeah. And having a broad those, support system. One of those things where actually one of our friends reached out to me, you know, when you were in the thick of things and was like, do you know how I can help Troy and Aaron? And I was like, I don't. <laughs> trying yeah. to figure it out myself um but I think honestly like it might sound small but I think just the reminder that you're there sometimes probably yeah. goes the furthest um mm -hmm. yeah yeah and if you're not able to be there for that person at that time that's okay too I think that's important for caregivers and friends out there who are watching someone suffer because you may not be the one best equipped to deal with what they're going through. Um, so that might be a good place in which you can be, you know, let them know that you support them and that they're always safe with you and that you're here for them, but that it's okay. You know, you don't have to call me in the middle of the night. There may be, you know, your sister might be better at handling that thing or your friend online, poor Joe, he got some midnight calls, um, which for him is only nine o'clock. So I guess it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, just finding different people that are able to fill what you have and really as the survivor, you know, the person going through it, really being open to what it is that you need and how to listen to yourself in your own body. Um, I could not have done this initially after my brain injury. I think I would have been, it would have been a very different experience. I think I would have burned a lot of bridges, whereas at least this time around, I have enough awareness to know that I struggle in these few areas and that I shouldn't be involved in this type of activity or that type of activity because I won't be able to do it the way I want to um, has been really good because uh, I, I didn't have that the first time around. I thought I could do everything and anything and that nothing was wrong with me. <laughs> so yeah. at least I have that wherewithal. Aware, that's my new thing is awareness allows you to make a choice. If you're aware yeah. of it, you can choose how you want it to come out or be. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is tough. This point in life is very tough, but yeah. we're getting through. I mean, I will say, like, having watched um, and witnessed a lot of it in your life, like, I can't believe how you've made it through the double dip of this. Like, I, I don't know what I would have done if I had to go through what I went through after my accident again. Um, so you're a trooper. Um, and I also think it's worth saying like hearing you today is like hearing Aaron again. Um, I know you're still dealing with stuff, but it's just so nice to hear Aaron again. So, yeah. 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 And that's there, there's lots of different answers, some that are eloquent, some that are not to that, but, um, I just, I guess without getting too nitty gritty, just really knowing yourself knowing your intuition and knowing what's right for you and what's not. Um, because you will have providers that try to tell you your voice doesn't matter and that your voice doesn't know what it's talking about. And that, yeah. that really sucks, especially when it comes from healthcare providers that you've known for many, many years. Um, yeah. To have them try, try to call you out and say you're crazy, it, it's, it really sucks. So, you know, at least this time, you know, I've had the confidence in myself to know that what they're saying isn't true and that they're just have, struggling with not being able to say, I don't know. Let me get you someone who does. 
you know, not every doctor has that skill set to be able to admit that they they don't know or that they messed up or that they're wrong um, or that they aren't listening to their patient. Most doctors wouldn't yeah. never want to admit that because that's kind of taboo. That's um, a little bit off, off yeah. brand for doctors. <laughs> but it not happens more times than not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're supposed to be listening and they don't want to be called out. You know, it's like yeah. if you ever watch any of those doctor intern shows when they get asked the question in front of all their peers and they freeze up. Like no one wants that feeling. So I get why doctors do it. But it really sucks when you're the reciprocant of it. And when you're expected to take their advice, even though you know what they're saying is wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a tough spot to be, but well, I was going to say, while my most recent medical issue was not brain injury related, it was it coincided with your, you know, recurrence mm -hmm. of symptoms and what you were dealing with. And I'm curious to know this time around, did you feel better equipped to handle your doctors because of what you dealt with first time around? Because I certainly did, even though it was a gallbladder like this, this stint in the hospital, I took no shit <laughs> mm -hmm. um, compared to the first time around where, you know, I was quite incapacitated, but I also was like, whatever you say, doctors, I'll do whatever you say. Whereas this time I was like, I am, I am my own person and I will advocate for myself because I, you know, like I was basically in the hospital solo for nine days this time. Um, yeah. Cause you yeah. couldn't have visitors, right? Or no, you could, could but have not one, a lot. I could have one visitor at a time, but Nat had to be home with the kids and my parents came and were super helpful. Um, but you know, like they also weren't going to stay in it. I wouldn't want yeah. them to stay all day with me in the hospital room. It was super boring. I was just sitting there in pain the whole time. So, uh -oh. was, you know, like I wasn't exactly good company either and they were very supportive, but uh, you know, like there were times where I was like, just go. <laughs> mm -hmm. I need so, to be by so myself yeah, I, right I, now. I, I kind of did this one solo, um, but I felt way better equipped to talk to the doctors, ask the doctors questions that maybe challenged them a little bit, and also deal with nurses who, most of my nurses were wonderful, but I, you've heard the story. I had mm -hmm. one nurse who just, I was in so much pain and she was not listening to me. I don't know if she did not believe I was in pain or if she thought I was just after all the good drugs, which if you know me is not my thing. It's not my jam. Me I, I like to eat my calories and <laughs> drink my wine, but, but I'm not into the drugs. I don't, that's not my MO. It's not you. So I don't know what it was. She didn't like about me, whatever, but she wouldn't, I was in so much pain and she just was not listening to the point where like, Nat was present for me telling her off a little bit because I snapped that day. I was like, <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of been my experience through this whole stent is anyone with therapist after their name is amazing. Anyone with doctor near their name, so far, not good. Uh, um, mm. I'm in that point of screaming out, not that I'm in pain, but similar, um, screaming out that this isn't right and being told um, you are wrong, you are making it up, you're crazy. Um, you need psychiatric help. And then getting psychiatric help and having them tell me, you're fine, you don't need us, we can't help you. <laughs> um, mm. I, I've been really struggling with where to go. Um, finally, I'm going to get to see some specialists down in Boston. So hopefully going to the big city will help. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad about that. Oh, it, it's really it's really been the pits. Um, I... I think, so I'm a nurse. Um, I think everyone knows that by now. 
but my job as a nurse, if you the don't different know roles, that, where have you been? Right? <laughs> right? Have you not been listening to our show? <laughs> go or back maybe to you episode have two. Memory problems. Maybe you have short-term <laughs> right? memory so problems. So go back to episode case, two. <laughs> in which case, we forgive you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think, you know, all the roles I've held in nursing and nursing 101 really is learning how to massage a doctor's ego. Um, you mm-hmm. have to be very good at managing people's egos and making them think that what you're saying is valid and important and what they need to do. And also making it seem like it was their idea to do it. Because again, doctors don't like being challenged. At least my experience with doctors. A lot of them don't. Some of them do. Some are absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I think we need to be careful here. We are not trying to discount exactly. the medical community. We, nope. you know, there are amazing doctors out there. I will say my I've surgeon with for some. my, yeah, my surgeon for my gallbladder surgery was like just truly a gem. One of those people who like treated me like such a, I was felt like a human. I felt I was heard. I felt respected um, and also had a great sense of humor. It's one of those rare that's nice gems. yes so. yeah and they are awesome. out there i work with a lot yeah. of them but i don't have them as my doctors if that makes sense yeah um yeah. so i think you know long story short what has gotten me through but also hurt me is that the doctors that knew me really well that have had me for years were used to me kind of massaging their egos to me being able to go in saying you know, I think this is what's going on with me. I think this is what I need. And then them respecting me enough to order and trust me. Now they've seen a person that's kind of unhinged that um, is really managing, trying to manage stroke symptoms and not doing a great job. Um, And to them, I'm not the person I once was. And so since I'm not that person, they no longer can trust me, um, is what I'm hearing through at least two providers now, maybe a third now. Um, which is really which, odd to me because because it's like, I know them. <laughs> That's why. But also, it's not like you just like decided one day mm-hmm. to act different or to be different or to mm-hmm. like come up with these symptoms. So if they knew you, mm-hmm. you would think it would mean they trusted you more. I mean, I've I had this conversation with Nat at one point. You had relayed a, a story about a doctor, and I was telling Nat, I was like. Those of us who have known Erin for a long time, we know she's not a crazy person. Like, she's not mm-hmm. a crazy person. I like I will put my name on that statement. Oh, so I am really super crazy, but I'm a good crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really weird for a doctor who like uh, who's yeah. you've had a relationship with a lo- for a long time mm-hmm. to suddenly like be like having known you to suddenly be like, oh, you're this doesn't make any sense, you know. You'd think they would have the opposite reaction and trust what you're saying to them. But, right. But I'm and I no guess, doctor. <laughs> that's true. And I guess that's where, you know, maybe this isn't a common known thing that with hemorrhagic strokes, you kind of have this setback period a year and a half, two years in, which, you know, some doctors will say, no, it couldn't possibly be. It's too far out from your brain injury. But if you actually look at neurology and the speed at which neurons regenerate, it takes up to a year for them to start regeneration. That's not even mm-hmm. like being fully on board. That's just starting the process. So mm-hmm. if you can go back to that root concept when you're looking at your brain injured patient, if there are any doctors or practitioners listening to this, um, I think that's a good thing to ca- try to remember that this person's brain is going through neuron regeneration 
trying um, to go through neuroplasticity, to use different areas of your brain, different circuits to work again um, and to find a new balance. And, you know, there's stroke survivors all the time that are 10 years, 15 years out, and they're still getting gains because you have to keep trying. Um, you know, and it's okay if you're at a point where you're like, I can't try anymore. This is just the way I am. That's that's okay. But I know I have more in me. I know I can get better than this. So I think that challenge to doctors is daunting if you're not prepared to have the line of, well, I don't know. Let me find help you find someone who does. Um, so that's kind of my, I, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> I feel like I'm on it. No, you're doing a great job. You can stay up yeah. there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, thank you for sharing that. I, yeah. I know you're still in the thick of it and that it's probably hard to share some of it, but I appreciate your openness about it because I think, you know, like, like I said, I did not know this was a thing and I have been more in the brain injury world than um, the average Joe. No offense to Joe. I'm not talking <laughs> about you, Joe. <laughs> he is pretty average though. <laughs> no. You said it, not me. <laughs> yep. Yep. I can. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for anyone that would want to reach out, I'm happy to talk with them on Instagram. Um, like Mariah, I still have my individual Instagram account, which um, Mariah's is Mariah underscore Making Headway Podcast. Mine is Aaron, E-R-Y-N underscore Making Headway Podcast. And then we still have our um, show podcast, Making Headway Podcast. Um, which will have more of our show related stuff. And then we'll each continue, you know, posting, using however we feel fit, feel fit our own accounts. Um, but do please reach out if any of this resonates with you. Um, if you want to talk about anything, um, I know I'm open to it. Mariah said she's open to it. So we're on there. Just, you know, don't get too upset if we you don't out. get an answer back right away. I try to limit my screen time. <laughs> we out there. Yeah. <laughs> So we have yeah. new and exciting things to come, and hopefully we'll hear Mariah's voice here and there in the future. But um, for now, I think we explained everything we needed to explain. Uh, if anyone has further questions, do reach out to us, and we'll try to answer those later on. Anything else you wanted to add, Mariah? No, I mean, I think, um, like I said, I'm not disappearing or... Mm. <laughs> Or saying that this is not a part of my life anymore. It's just I'm entering a little bit of a new stage, I think. And, you know, like year three and looking back, it's been a roller coaster. And um, I will share my tattoo journey. <laughs> yes. I want to see this. I want to see it actually happen. I'm so excited, Insane. honestly. It was funny because, sorry, tangent. When sorry. we were supposed to go... I was actually really nervous about doing it. And, um, and I was like, God, I don't know if, if the tattoo artists won't reschedule us, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And then they could reschedule us for January. And now that it's rescheduled and it's definitely happening, I'm like overjoyed. It huh. like kind of answered that question for me. Cause before I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Am I going to regret this? Cause I've gone 37 years without a tattoo. So do I really need one? Um, but it answered that question. So like, I actually really do want this. So. Yeah. Good. And you know what's funny? Why ever did I start since talking about this? I don't know. But ever since you <laughs> mentioned the tattoo on making headway, I've had so many tattoo artists start following me. So I don't know. Really? Maybe someday my opinion on tattoos will change, but right now I have none. I'm not against Maybe people that have them. I just don't have one myself. 
You better so not be because you're about to have a best friend who has one. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but you're doing um, a white tattoo, right? No, no. Oh, you aren't. You're black. doing dark. Oh, okay, I thought you were doing yeah. white for some reason. Mm-mm. No, I'm going for it. Okay. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So yeah, and it's really cute. I really like what you're doing. So <laughs> maybe you'll turn me on to it. We'll see. You never know. All but right. anyway, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. it's not goodbye. It's I don't know. See you soon. <laughs> I like that. Not goodbye, yeah. but talk to you later. <laughs> so I guess that's a good way to sign out. So this is Aaron signing out from Making Headway Podcast. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. In case you're wondering what Aaron and I do for a living, it's not podcasting. I work in marketing. Aaron's a nurse. And this is just a side project that we love. We really do enjoy doing this. And we've enjoyed being part of the community and building up a group of listeners you guys probably don't even realize how much you help us out um, just by supporting us if you were looking to do a little bit extra uh, we would love to have your ratings on apple or whichever podcasting service that you use or if you hear us talk about a product on the podcast we do include those links to amazon in our show notes on our website your purchase after you click on the link just gives us a tiny little kickback. Nothing much, but it helps us pay our bills. And if you were thinking, well, this isn't enough, we want to do a little bit more on our website at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. We have a donation page. Any proceeds we receive, we give 10% to our favorite brain injury nonprofit of the moment. So if you are looking to do a little bit more, that would be a great way to support us. Again, we appreciate you guys oh so much. Thanks so much for your time and your ongoing support. We love our listeners and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean. Bye.